0: thanks for the hype, Bevan. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so uh, Savannah and I are on the um, stewardship team, and we just wanted to give a brief update basically on um, where we're at in the budget right now um, and also just highlight a few ministry partners that we're um, giving to. Um, so I guess just to um, get jump right into the budget, um, right now we are um, we've received about uh, two hundred ten thousand uh, which is um, a, a little bit behind what we um, were given about um, at the same point last year. Um, total we'd like to be at uh, 350,000 for, which is what we're anticipated um, giving for the year and what, what the budget is sort of based on. Um, so we're at about 60%. Um, again, like I said, a little behind, but um, not uh, nothing to worry about. Um, normally we do get quite a bit in the fourth quarter. Um, which is pretty normal. Um, and uh, so yeah, so a lot does come in in those, those last few months anyway. Um, so yeah, I guess just an overview of, of the breakdown of, of where everything's sort of going. Um, facilities and uh, discipleship make up um, the largest portion of, of our budget. Um, we do sort of aim for about 15%. Um, giving or as far as what we try to give out to our ministry partners and whatnot, which is what um, Savannah's going to uh, go over, a couple of, of those partners that we give to. Um, right now, we're, we're tracking a little bit above that right now um, for giving for the year, so that's good. Um, and, yeah, so I guess, again, this is just a very brief overview. If you guys do want any more um, uh, detailed information, um, we'd be happy to meet with you. Uh, Myself or Pastor John um, to get um, more in detail if if you need it. Um, But yeah, let's talk about the ministry partners.
1: Yeah. So um, we are going to try to be a little more intentional about um, creating more awareness on the part of our church in terms of um, who we partner with, what they do, and what their current challenges that they're facing, and things like that. So we are going to start doing a ministry partner update for you guys every quarter, basically, each campaign. Um, So it will include one local partner and one global partner, at least. Um, So... For this campaign, we are highlighting um, the Hlu House and the and Love, Inc. So those are the two partners that I'm going to talk about. So I sat down with um, Lindsay and Darren. If you guys were around towards the beginning of um, the COVID pandemic, they were actually trapped here <laughs> and could not get back home to South, America, South Africa. Um, so you might have met them. They might look familiar to you. Um, if not, I did record the interview with them on Zoom, and we're going to send that out in the church email. So I would definitely check that out so you can see their face and hear from them personally about what's going on. Um, But basically, they uh, serve underprivileged kids and families in Cape Town. And um, they do that in three main ways. So they have an education center, and that's sort of their outreach um, hub, really. They serve between 30 to 40 kids every single day. And they do things like, transport them to and from um, counseling services or activities or different things like that. They help them with school, they give them school supplies, they give them um, food and cook meals, and just really kind of give them a positive engagement. Um, There is a pull, as is often the case with impoverished, very populated communities, um, to be involved in gangs, and so they really try to keep kids off the street and keep them safe and in positive experiences. Um, They also have a farm, and if you have been giving to LifeBridge at all in the last three years, you were part of making that happen. Um, We gave a little bit more to them um, for a few years at a time in order to get their farm up and running. And they really try to, um, as you can see with some of the pictures, they try to teach the kids... um, how to plant, how to harvest, and then all the way to literally farm to table. They teach them how to cook and things like that. So really emphasizing a healthy, sustainable life for the kids and for the families. And then um, they also have Darren runs a um, a surf club, basically, and he believes really strongly in... Um, getting the kids out in nature, helping them develop self-confidence and life skills, and again, giving them positive interactions outside of of, um, the camaraderie they might seek at the streets. So um, the things that they currently could use prayer for is um, they have uh, something called load shedding, which if you're familiar with like rolling blackouts in California when they're trying to ease off the power grid. Um, It's the same concept, but the South African government does not usually tell them when it's happening, and it can happen for a really long period of time. And so um, if you can imagine they have 40 kids over and they're trying to cook or teach them things or house things, um, power would be really helpful. And so when they don't know that that's happening, it makes it really complicated um, to serve the kids and families. Um, on top of that, they're seeing a lot of crime increase um, with the increased load shedding. People are taking advantage of the fact that there's not as much power and lights aren't on. And so um, particularly against women and children being the more vulnerable populations. So um, prayers for that for sure. They um, Their website is really awesome. Um, they do a good job of promoting uh, what they do. Um, And they also offer, you can donate to them directly on their website. So either a one-time donation, you can also set up monthly things. Um, Right now, their current push is they have about 35 outreach families that they consistently interact with. And they're hoping to make Christmas baskets for them. And they're anticipating um, the cost being about $35 a basket. Um, So that is their current uh, fundraising initiative right now. So um, I would definitely encourage you to check out their website. Like I said, it's really well done. Um, I personally follow the Hulu House on Instagram. Um, They also have a Facebook page. But Lindsay does a really good job of updating things. All these pictures are from her Instagram account that I stole with permission. Um, And so uh, it's just a really easy way to keep connected in social media as well. And... um, we are going to start, like I said, weaving partnerships into the church calendar. And so just be aware of when we have um, maybe some events or different things that we're promoting um, on their behalf. So more to come on that throughout the year. All right. So our local partnership that we're promoting this campaign is Love Inc. Um, If you are unfamiliar with them, they are a Um, network, uh, an organization here in town. They have several locations in Burlington. They also have a store in Waterford as well, but they basically just serve underprivileged individuals and families, and they try to connect them to services and supports that that they need. So if they don't directly um, supply that service that's needed, they connect them to the appropriate resources. So Um, Some of their biggest programs are the Food Pantry. They also do a school supply drive, um, a Thanksgiving drive, a Christmas store drive, um, and all of those things are made possible by donations and volunteer efforts. So I just want to take a second to highlight their Food Pantry because it's sort of a unique one. Um, They actually allow people to come in and have, like, a store experience. So instead of just receiving a set amount of, like, pantry staples or toiletries or whatever. They actually let people go in and look for things off of a shelf that they would need or want and food they would actually use and things like that. Um, the During the pandemic, they had to shut down that store aspect of it um, just for various reasons. Um, and so they were still giving pantry supplies, um, but it was kind of that, come get your box and leave and hopefully it was stuff that you needed. Um, so... At the bottom right picture is the red tape ceremony of them officially relaunching their store um, aspect of the pantry. And so they're really excited about that. That happened, I believe, early last week. So um, really good news there. So some of their current needs, um, again, donating. Obviously, their funds and volunteer efforts are what keep them running. Um, But I asked uh, Jen, who is their uh, head of social services and food pantry what was like their biggest needs um, for the food pantry. And I forgot to mention it up there, but food-wise, she actually said pancake mix is something that no one really turns down. So um, that's a really good food item. And she said toiletries are something that is always a need, um, specifically shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. So those things were things um, she wanted us to surface. Um, Obviously, prey. Love does really awesome work here in town, um, but the very nature of them working here in town means that there are people in need in town. Um, So please uh, just be in prayer for our community and try to keep your eyes and ears out of how you can be like the hands and feet of Jesus around here. Um, They also have a, they do these like dinner nights, um, currently just Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, they would like to open that up to every weeknight, but it's an opportunity for you to you and probably a group of people. It would be a great thing for a circle or a small group or a family. Um, you you cook the dinner, and then you can come and actually serve and sit and connect with the people that come and need the food. And so it's a really unique, I think, opportunity that I would encourage you to take um, take advantage of. Um, we also. The uh, they gave us like Genius sign up links for their volunteer slots. Like um, they have like one to two hour slots for their Thanksgiving drives and their Christmas drives. Um, things like taping up boxes, packing boxes, distributing the boxes to the families, distributing gifts, Christmas gifts to families, sponsoring a Christmas family. Um, so all of those things will be included in. Um, the Lifebridge Church email. Um, we're going to start sending those links so that you can sign up there. It's also on their Facebook page. Um, I would, <laughs> she recommended not looking at their website. It's currently under construction and very confusing and not up to date. So don't look at that yet. But their Facebook page is regularly updated. And so if you're on Facebook, I would encourage you to check them out. Um, and then again, uh, we're going to. We're gonna to try to be more mindful of updating you guys on these partners and more throughout the year. So um, be aware and cognizant of that. And um, again, if you weren't aware that we have ministry partners both in town and worldwide, um, we commit to those. We you know, we really take um, care in who we invest in and who we partner with. We want them to be aligned in mission. We want them to be well-run organizations. Um, and we commit to giving to them, like Luke said, whether our giving is up or down. And so um, if you have given at all at LifeBridge um, throughout the years, you're part of this work. And so thank you so much for your giving. And with that, I'll...
0: Oh, we do have the little cards um, on the oh, yeah. wall also that, that yes. show the the full list of partners, I think. And
1: yep, and on situation. our website. Yep, yep. So.
2: Thanks, guys. Take it. Take it with you. Take it back there. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> she was gonna. She just mentioned she was gonna embarrass me on the way up. Savannah's my wife. If you guys don't know that, and she was gonna say something embarrassing. So I appreciate you not saying something embarrassing on the way up. Okay. All right. So, uh, quick note. One of the one of the reasons why we want to emphasize more our especially our local, but also our global ministry partners throughout this year, is part of our ministry philosophy here at LifeBridge is not to create curated, simple, easy volunteer opportunities for you here, um, so that all of your volunteer effort is directed within the church. Part of our strategy is to free you up with time and energy and effort so that you can volunteer with organizations like Love, Inc., uh, with organizations in our community, so that you can be out in our community sharing the love of Jesus by serving those who are in need. So that's part of our strategy, and it's heavily dependent then on you guys. <laughs> and you guys praying and seeking the Spirit to say, Lord, what, uh, what do you break my heart for in the community? Like, What, what do I have a passion for to, to serve in our local community? It's not simple. It's not easy. It's not curated. It doesn't mean it's going to be a super like simple volunteer experience. It can be more challenging, Um, and again, it requires you guys to spend time with God and to find what he is calling you to, to volunteer in our community. So, there's that, and also globally. What breaks your heart globally? So, what what, uh, organizations do you want to partner with financially to help them spread the love of Christ in their communities? Okay, let's pray, and then we'll jump in for today. Lord, thank you for your For your goodness to us. Jesus, it's just such an honor to be gathered here in your name. To worship you together corporately. And Lord, to give you praise with our church family. So Lord, I pray that uh, you'd be honored, you'd be glorified with the disposition of our hearts. As we center it on worship. And to give you praise. Through the hearing of your word. And as we sing. And in the conversations out in the lobby. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today is a bit unique. So on your way in, you probably saw people hanging around eating donuts, okay? So if you're visiting with us, you're like, man, these guys have donuts every week. We don't have donuts every week. I'm sorry. Uh, This is a unique Sunday that we call Welcome Sunday. Um, And the idea of Welcome Sunday is to just give you guys an opportunity to hang out, uh, to spend time together, to get to know some people. So what we're going to do is end service a little bit early today, depending on how long I talk, and then... You guys can linger out in the lobby if you have to go, feel free to go, but if you'd like to, I'd strongly encourage you to stay and to just say hi and get to know some folks. Just have some good conversations, because I think one of the strengths of our church is just uh, the quality of the people here, that I have the privilege and the great honor of getting to know so many of you, and it is one of the joys of ministry Uh, for me, is just you guys (laughs) and getting to know you. So I uh, would... I, can't, I don't know how to say this stronger, right? It is um, absolutely worth your time <laughs> to invest and to get to know folks who are sitting around here because um, you're just wonderful people. We have so many wonderful people at the church, and it's an honor and a privilege to be a part of one another's lives. So take that time, just gather around some donuts and some coffee and have a conversation and get to know some folks. That's one of the big uh, ideas of Welcome Sunday. But if you have kids in kids' ministry, please don't linger too long, okay? (laughs) Uh, 11.40, 11.45, um, I'm such a hypocrite, because after first service, I told everybody this, and after first service, I was like five minutes late, so I'm sorry, Karen. Um, (laughs) But please try to, like, once I get the donuts going and the coffee, like, I just want to sit and chat. Um, But... Please try to pick up your kids before 11.45 at the very latest, but shoot for like 11.40. Okay, so for today, Welcome Sunday, I'm going to shorten the sermon a little bit. I'm just going to kind of read a text, and to begin, I want to talk about our our mission and one of our values that we recrafted last year. So as a church, our mission is to discover abundant life in Christ and to live it together. We truly believe that abundant life is found in Jesus and in his way, okay? Hence our sermon series, The Third Way. We're talking about the way of Jesus and how we want to commit to living and following his way, even in a polarized world. We believe that Jesus has abundant life, um, and it's infinitely better than what the world has to offer. And so that's our mission, to discover this together, to believe that Jesus is the source of abundant life, to discover it and to live it together in community with one another. Now, one of our core values, (laughs) when I wrote our core value, I'm like, man, that kind of sounds like we only have one. We have more. They're out there on the wall, okay? This isn't our only core value. There are are others. But one of our core values is belonging, okay? As children of God, our connection with one another is more than social. The social is good. Uh, We value that. That's awesome. But it's deeper than that. Christ's love empowers us to love each other like family. So as a church community, we're really stressing belonging to one another as an essential part of the abundant life that Christ came to bring us, is to belong to one another in a community of faith. Now, the longer I pastor, the more I think that this is one of the most important growth areas for the church in America. Is this concept of belonging together? We live in a culture that is very hyper individualized. We value our autonomy. We view ourselves not as a collective whole, but solely as an individual. Our trust in institutions is waning. Isolation and loneliness are commonplace. So, as a church, especially a church in a small town, this is a Great opportunity for us to represent the way of Jesus, of belonging to one another in a community of faith. John's been talking about this for the, a while now. We want to think of ourselves. This John, John, <laughs> I'm quoting myself. That's weird. Um, <clears throat> we want to think of ourselves. <coughs> that's the problem of having too many Johns in the church. <clears throat> we want to think of ourselves as less church ink and more church family. So church, Inc. is a place that you come to. Church family is a community of people that you belong to. Right? There's lots of other distinctions there, but as you begin to unpack the connotations of a family versus just a church, as viewing church as an organization, they're quite profound. If you're viewing church as church, Inc., it's expendable. It's okay to keep everybody at arm's length. If you're viewing it as church family, it's intrinsically a part of who you are. So, we want to switch our framework from viewing church as just like a separate organization, just a Sunday attendance thing that you come to, and view it as a community of people that we all belong to one another. In Ephesians 4 and Romans 12, Paul says this specifically, he says, that we belong to one another, that we are members of one another in the body of Christ. That whole analogy of the body of Christ is getting at that, that we're all different parts of one collective whole. The body. So we view ourselves with our individual identity, but also as a part of something bigger, as a collective whole, a community of faith. And we are all members of Christ, in Christ. We'll go through that in the devotional on Wednesday, I believe. But our text for today, which again, I'm just going to read through briefly, but we'll go through it in the devotional in more detail on Thursday and Friday. Matthew 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now. I don't know about you, but when I first read this, my gut instinct, my gut reaction was, Jesus, don't, don't do your family like that. Like, ouch, man. <laughs> like, that hurts. And then as I processed it more and more, I'm like, that betrays my bias. Right? That betrays my lack of viewing my brothers and sisters in Christ also as my family. Now, Maybe after this, uh, Matthew doesn't tell us, perhaps after this, Jesus said this to make his point and then went out and talked to his family. We don't know, right? But again, this betrays our lack of understanding that although the New Testament authors regularly describe our fellow disciples of Jesus as our brothers and sisters, emphasizing the familial nature of our relationships, we often don't view one another like that. Now, in this instance, uh, Mark, in Mark chapter 3, Mark tells us that in one other instance, Jesus uh, is teaching again, and his family, they come to get him <laughs> because they think that he is, quote, out of his mind. So they want to come bring him home. Likely, they're seeing the opposition that's taking place. They're seeing the, the uproar, the stir that he's causing in society, and they're thinking like, okay let's go get him. He's, he's losing his mind. Let's bring him home. Let's let everything cool down a little bit before something bad happens to him. In John 7, we learn that Jesus' brothers didn't even believe in him as the Messiah. And even in Matthew here, this is in the broader context, in a portion of Matthew that is emphasizing the opposition that Jesus is facing from the Pharisees, most notably, but from apparently his family as well. So it seems as if that his family didn't understand that this was the will of God. They weren't weren't quite there yet in surrendering to the will of God as Jesus was and emphasizing that even though he is causing a stir and they're likely just concerned about his safety, they're thinking, we need to go help him, get him out of this and keep him safe. But what Jesus is saying here is a couple of things. One, allegiance to Jesus must surpass even allegiance to our families. Now, in the immediate context of this, there were many disciples who would have to go against the wishes of their family in order to follow Jesus. So there were some who were in the room listening to him whose parents disapproved of their decision to be a part of this new Jesus movement. And so there would come a point where they would have to decide, okay, am I going to listen to my family and go back to the religion, Judaism, of my ancestors, or am I going to stay true to Jesus and so Jesus is speaking to them and say, "Hey here 's your new family and this is especially a big deal in a culture where one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother, <laughs> so to disobey your parents was a big deal for them they didn 't have quite the individualism that we have in our culture today in our culture today it 's almost valued to go against uh, what your parents have taught you because you're yourself. You can be free to do what you want, right? We have a different value system today. Now, to be clear, in most instances as well, like we, we love God and we are disciples of Jesus by loving and caring for our families here. Jesus is not devaluing family here. That would go against his other teaching in other places, which I'm not going to get into today. What he's doing instead is elevating the relationships among disciples and those who do the will of God to family. So it's not a devaluation of your family, but it is an elevation of how we are to view one another in the people of God and in the church. We are to view one another as family. And therefore, we have responsibilities to one another within the family. We are belonging to one another in the church family. In the devotional, again, I have a bunch of questions and things to just help you kind of unpack this and think through this a little bit more. How are we viewing one another within the church? What's our framework? What's our perspective for how we view the people sitting across from you, from how we view the folks that we're going to talk with out in the lobby? And do we have this sense of belonging to one another as a family or not? Band, you guys can come and get set up. So there are two things to emphasize here in this passage. One is, as I've been saying, the power to view one another. We're to view one another within the church as brothers and sisters, as the text says. To view one another as family. Not as church ink, but as church family. As an essential part of who we are. As a part of living the abundant life of Christ so many of us we recognize the complexities that it produces family life is messy just as church life is often messy and for many of us we think oh if it's not essential I can just withdraw from it and whether it's a mechanism to keep ourselves safe or it's just missorted priorities or we just don't really want to if we're honest with ourselves what we're doing is we're missing the abundant life that Christ calls us to We're not aligning with the way of Jesus and what Jesus has revealed to be the best way to live and to be human. So in the end, what we're doing is really just harming ourselves. Secondly, this is a thought that's just wowed me, right? And just imagine sitting there, being a disciple of Jesus, listening to him teach, and hearing him say this, in this culture, there's a pretty stark distinction between the teacher and the disciple. Like, you're not there yet. You're not at his level. <laughs> He's the master, you're the learner, right? But here, Jesus says, Look, and he points to you and he says, You're my brother, you're my sister, you're my mother. He views us as disciples in that familial sense of love, intimacy nearness, closeness, devotion, allegiance to one another,
0: commitment to each
2: other. That's something to just sit with. That's how Jesus views you and how he loves you. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing praises to our Savior together. Lord, 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 why you would commit yourself to us in a family sense, why you would adopt us into your family, why you would redeem us. Lord, that's a mystery that's just too wonderful for me to fully comprehend. But Lord, we thank you for your nearness, for your kindness. your grace in saving us and adopting us into your family. Lord, I pray that as we ponder and reflect on how you have saved and adopted us, and Lord, how you view us as parts of your family, that Lord, we would view one another as fellow disciples and brothers and sisters, that we would commit to one another to belong to each other as family. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray amen. Let's stand and sing together. And as we're singing, uh, Kathleen and Helen are in the back, and they would love to pray with you. Just head back there if you need prayer.